with somebody in your lobby and I'm falling just like Brownie just like Ronnie just like bloody just like Ronnie that's our test damn I'm the best I do confess Kobe number eight that's on my chest Jordan the great yeah he the best LeBron with the flex and with the checks who gonna check me who gonna guard me bitch I'm ballin Prince and body tuned into the greatest sports show on the planet that's prince and he's barty and you're now listening to prince and barty buckle up we building man it's another night you wearing that that classic throwback prime time neon Dion type shit you feel me hey like hold say cover cover the corner like Dion in his uniform you already know you that. Already know. Hey, so let's jump in some football talk, man. You know, every every prognosticator, every media outlet has their power rankings. And so I, I feel like we got to give out our power, power rankings. The first quarter of the season's over. Uh, the first four games of the season has been played. So who would you say is your top eight teams in the NFL right now? Man, top eight? Oof. Eight. Man, you know what's you know what's funny? I might go Cardinals, man. I might go Cardinals number one. Of course, of course. I mean, just, I mean, just because they record show. I, I mean, down the road, we don't know if that's our fool's goal or not, right? So, I, bro, I'll still go. I'll go Rams at two. Mm-hmm. I'll go Cowboys three. What? Okay, okay. Hey, I, mean, I can't knock it, bro. I mean, they're in my top five. Yeah. Um, I'll go. I'll go Bucks. Uh-huh. I'll go Chiefs. Of course. I'll go Bills. Uh-huh. I'll go Baltimore. Uh-huh. Mm. And I'll go Bills. Did I say Bills? You said Bills. You got one more. You did seven. Let me see who I got. I'll throw one at you. You ain't say the Chargers. Chargers look good. Chargers. Let's go Chargers. My dog Herbert. Let's do it. Our list is, is typically the same, but I would probably, my order is different. So Chargers would be number eight. Number seven would be the um, Kansas City Chiefs. Number six would be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number five would be, you didn't mention this team, but the Green Bay Packers after that first hiccup, they've been looking very good with the last three, uh, three games they played, the win over um, San Francisco and then the win last week in Pittsburgh. Um, at number four, I'm going to go ahead and go with the, the Dallas Cowboys. Number three, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be rocking with – I know you, it's going to be crazy, but I got Arizona at number three. Number two, I'm going to rock with uh, – uh, I said, I say KC yet? No. Kansas City would be number two. And number one, I'm going Buffalo Bills. And the only reason why I'm going Bills is defense wins championships. And so what we've seen is that I know this about you. When we speak of you, people don't know this. Prince could basically do everything on the, on the floor. But when people see him, they think he's automatically a big man. But Prince can use his left. He can use his right. He can shoot. He can do the hook shot. He has moves. 
when I look at Buffalo, they were primarily a passing team last year. They're getting the running game going with Moss. They're getting the running game going with Singletary. And they're a better defensive team this year. I like the way Buffalo Bills look this year. If I had to claim it right now, if I hang my hat on it, I would say if they keep playing the way they do, they're going to make me change my Super Bowl pick, especially on Sunday night when they play Kansas City. Now, I agree. The Bills always in the mix. It's crazy that we're saying that in 2021, the Bills in the mix. But nah, what they're doing out there, man, it's amazing what, what, what they built out there. It's almost like a baby New England where it's a bunch of guys. It's not like super superstars on that team. Just guys putting it, putting the work in. But let me throw some, as we know, breaking news. Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore, just went to Carolina. McCaffrey said he's feeling 100%. What does the Gilmore, I know Gilmore can't play till week seven, but what does that Gilmore addition do? Does that change your power rankings any with that Gilmore pickup at all for Carolina? If Carolina would have beaten Dallas, they would have been in my top five. But that Dallas game told the truth about who they are as a team. Now, the thing when I look at Carolina, which is the issue, is that their offense is not as good when McCaffrey's not there. DJ Moore is a stud. Robbie Anderson hasn't gotten it going. And they're the number one sacking team in the league. So adding Gilmore makes their defense booster. And the fact that Christian McCaffrey being back also makes them a great team. I do got them as a top 10 team in the NFL. But would I put them in my top eight? No. Just from a standpoint of this loss to Dallas was a measuring stick. And when you look at certain games and certain games that's played, like remember week one, we saw my Eagles, they, they played crazy versus uh, Atlanta. And then after Atlanta, they, they went back down to earth. I think that we need another measuring stick. Maybe when they play Tampa Bay, if they're able to keep the game close with Tampa, then I will keep them. They will move up. They don't have to beat Tampa. They just, if the game is close and they make Tom Brady have to at least think as New England did last week, Sunday, then I, I see things change. No, I agree. I, I, I personally love NFL power rankings because they, they change from week to week where you look at other sports, NBA, it's pretty much the top five teams in the West and the East every time. Like it's kind of a game behind, but NFL could literally change. The fact that I got the Cardinals at number one is it's more so res paying respect to their record more so than do I think they're going to be there when it's all said and done? Probably not just because of inexperience and just not having enough, but I told you, A.J. Green is, is he out there balling, man, and he, he, he taking advantage of that second opportunity. You love to see stuff like that. Definitely, definitely. But, man, let's move over to basketball, man. I feel like basketball is 360 now, man, 365, just all these storylines from Ben Simmons to COVID, Kyrie. But I was thinking, man, you know I'm a big James Harden guy. Um, He's like a, he's a point guard like we've never seen who could get you 15 assists and get you 60 points. You know what I'm saying? So me personally, you know, I've always said this on record, off record. I feel like they're a better team without Kyrie Irving. So I know now that's also barring injury. You know, James is usually an Ironman. He went down with the hamstring last year. We've never seen that before him actually get hurt. But barring non-injury with the pickups they have now, I feel like the Brooklyn Nets don't need Kyrie Irving besides a injury failsafe. You look at Harden. He's a better decision maker with the basketball. He really knows how to play with a superstar from going back to OKC days. He knows, okay, our nuclear weapon is Kevin Durant. 
I'm going to come out here and get the defense off balance. I'm going to pick my spots. I got to get 21st half. I'm going to do that. It's KD show late third, fourth quarter. I feel like he has a – James Harden has a feel. It's like certain guys are pace players, a feel for the game. Your Lucas, your, your Steph Currys, they just know the needle, how to push it when it's time to pick up the pace, when it's time to fall back. Steve Nash is probably the greatest of all time. You talk about your J-Kids, the, the Stocktons. Kyrie, we know, is a, probably, like you always say, one of the most skilled players ever played outside of Kobe Bryant. Probably one of the, the greatest difficult shot makers of all time, beside but behind being. But when it comes to leading an offense, a championship offense, I don't think he could do that. LeBron, he had LeBron to do that in his Cleveland days. LeBron took over the point guard distrib distributing duties. But what do you think about the Nets being a better team, barring no injury without Kyrie Irving? Nets are definitely a great pick. I mean, the only thing I'm going to tell you is, is this. You know, we, we, we talk Nets, we talk Lakers, but we keep throwing shade towards the Bucs. And I think Kyrie is what makes them better than the Bucs and the Lakers. I think that if you look at the, the Milwaukee Bucks, um, of course, they lost P.J. Tucker, but they still got Drew Holiday, which is your boy. You know, you sold me on Drew Holiday uh, I, right now because of you. I have him as probably one of the best defenders in the league right now. Um, and then you have the second best defender in the league in Giannis. So you got those two guys. And if Middleton is not a slouch himself. So having those three going up against James and K.D., it speaks volumes to a seven-game series. But, but you know this much as anybody. Once you win. You realize you have that key. You unlock that key to know how to get through that door. You know how what it takes to win as a championship, as a champion team. Um, I feel that Kyrie makes you be more honest with that New Jersey Nets, I mean, Brooklyn Nets team. He makes you more honest. Now, do I feel he's a distraction? Yes. But they possibly can beat the Bucs, but they can't beat the Lakers. I don't think that uh, James Harden, and KD as constructed is enough to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. And uh, you have to look at it from this construct. They have bigs, but their second best big on their team behind uh, Clayton is, um, is KD. Now with LeBron being the weight that he is, with Anthony Davis being the weight that he is, I can see KD getting in foul trouble and then everything is on James Harden. Now the points of what you have, I definitely see them as a great team and even probably being in the power rankings, the second or third best team without Kyrie Irving. But I don't have him as the best team. I think that one of the biggest issues you're going to have come playoffs is that Katie has to play more of a big role. And what, what did we see last year? Giannis, I mean, what can we say about Giannis? Giannis played amazing. And, and you look at him in the paint. We won't get into Giannis. <laughs> yeah, he, he played amazing. Yeah. And so for him to kill the league as he did in the paint versus Aiden and KD, I think you're going to need um, Kyrie to keep you honest. Kyrie keeps you honest because then if you look at the Bucs, the Bucs can throw Giannis on KD and they can throw Drew Holiday on, 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 on James Hart. But now if you throw Kyrie in the mix, what do we do? You know, of course we can put Middleton on maybe Harden, but is he going to be able to deal with Harden and Holiday deal with Kyrie? That makes you have to be more honest in their offense. I don't think that they're better as constructive than the Bucks and the Lakers, but I do think that they're a formidable foe because James Harden is, to me, 
and KD, the two best one-on-one players in the NBA. So they will still make it a seven-game series, but I don't think that they can beat the Bucs, and I don't think that they can beat the, the Los Angeles Lakers as constructed without Kyrie. I agree. So let me give a little, a little deeper explanation with the Kyrie thing. Kyrie's the kind of player where we've all played with this kind of player. Well, I have. He, offensively, he's a savant. But if Kyrie doesn't feel involved offensively, he's in the corner with his hands on his shorts. So is he going to make plays without the ball? Is Kyrie a back screen player? So that I look more in deep when when you get into the playoffs with defensive schemes and you think they're gonna let Kyrie go on personal runs to score 20 straight points on an opposing defender, that's not gonna happen. Now it's about seeing the floor. Where I think somebody like Harden is gonna, okay, Blake can touch the ball in three possessions. I'm gonna give Blake the ball. I mean so more about decision making, more so than anything. We know at Kyrie, obviously with Kyrie. That's why we look at them probably the best offensive ten- trio we've ever seen in the history of a modern sports, right? We know what that is, but if we if we being realistic, KD single-handedly took the Bucks seven games, literally by himself. Harden was a shell of himself. So imagine you get a healthy Harden. I think it's a little different. Do 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 they beat LA? No, I feel I feel like LA is built literally for the playoffs. I don't care if LA is fifth seed in the West. For them playoffs, I don't see a team beating the LA Lakers four games in the playoffs, period. I I agree with you 100%. The only thing I'm looking at in a standpoint is is this, and you know this more than anything. Once you win the championship, like when Kobe and Shaq realized, can't nobody do anything with them. And that's kind of what I saw last year with Middleton and Giannis. Middleton was matching KD shot for shot. And then Giannis realized there's nobody out here garbage. And see, the thing is, KD already knew that from gold. I mean, not even going to say from OKC, there's nobody in the NBA that can guard me. But Giannis realizing that, and I know that's what we're going to key in on our next subject, him realizing that now, I mean, honestly, I don't think there is anybody in the league that can guard Giannis after last year's finals. No, I agree. I agree. Well, let's stay with Giannis real quick, man, while we just here. I, Giannis, like, we always talk about Giannis, man, with, like, he, it's the perfect basketball story. He's coming from Greece, being, like, 180 pounds soaking wet, uh, working on his body to becoming most improved player. Like, he literally was, like, that retail story of the person who worked at the supermarket, started off as a cash register, bagging groceries, worked his way up. And ultimately, he's the, the district manager of the other, uh, you know what I mean? He, Giannis literally didn't miss a step in his progression. He wasn't sought after like Kobe, LeBron. He didn't have that, that cliche superstar story, right? So when I look at Giannis, man, he's somebody like a Shaq where they dominated what they could dominate with, right? Like, that's the whole mentality where it's like, oh, you can't shoot. So now I'm going to work on my jump shot for what? You can't stop me. Right. That's like you play Madden back in the day. You know me. I always used to throw the Hail Mary when I, I used to get that Vikings team with Randall Cunningham. I had Robert Smith at the running back and I had Moss going deep. I had Chris Card over here and I had what's my guy name? Who's the other that third receiver they had? Ah, oh, What's my guy? 87. I know who you're talking about. His name doesn't come to me right ah, now. Anyway, he, he, he so- was stuck. He was just so they would get mad at me, bro, because at the boys and girls, club, we had these little tournaments. You win like hot dogs, chips. I'm looking left and I'm throwing the moss. 
So if you can't stop it, you can't stop it. I, I respect Giannis that he never let nobody get in his head. Oh, we gonna build the wall. He gonna you gotta stop him. Once he got past the heat, once he really did that to the heat, I feel like Giannis was like, okay, they really can't stop me. And I feel like with Giannis, he's really playing with house money, man. Just come just from where he's from, the odds he's beat, the franchise he's playing for, what he brought to that franchise. I feel like if Giannis wins one or two, cool. But if not, cool. I think he may win another MVP. He's going to get numerous All-Stars. I don't think Giannis has that much more to prove, even though he know in his mind he hasn't done anything yet. And that's what I love about him. He's like, MVP. He was like, LeBron the best player. KD the best player. He's like, don't call me that. And that's like some Kobe Bryant. Like, it's the fact that he thinks that way. You don't want two MVPs. You want to find those MVP. You're not supposed to be here to have that humility like, hold up, give it to them. That's LeBron. That's scary hours. James Harden talk about scary hours. For that dude to feel like he nowhere near where he need to be, that's scary, bro. Well, let, let's 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 dive deeper into, in, into it since you made that comment. We can go as far as back as the beat between James Harden and Giannis. And how James Harden said, oh, you know, of course, Giannis cannot, can't shoot. One thing that I've learned from this whole situation is this. The most dominant player to ever play basketball, it's not Michael Jordan, it's, it's Shaquille O'Neal. In that three-year span, there was nothing you can do with Shaq. 2000 to 2003, Shaq was just dominant. We can even go 04 because 04 is when they lost to the Pistons. Right. So if you look at it from that standpoint, Giannis, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, uh, MVPs, and to, to finally realize that I'm stronger than Bam Adebayo. I'm stronger than Kevin Durant. I'm stronger than DeAndre, DeAndre Aiden. Who can stop me? Nobody. The only person who's strong enough to hold me is LeBron, but I'm bigger than LeBron James as far as height goes. So who can stop me? Then you add uh, Chris Middleton with them, who is the slow assassin. Not to say he's slow, but he just doesn't talk. He always has that weird look on his face. But guess what? He's giving you buckets every time. And then you then you add, oh my gosh, the defensive defensive savant in Drew Holiday. So now you have a big three that's really not a big three of the Nets or the Lakers, but it's still a big three. So um, in my opinion right now, Giannis is the best player. People will say I'm saying that because I don't want to give it to KD or LeBron. But no, Giannis has won the championship. He's earning stripes. If I'm going in order right now, I'm going Giannis one. I'm going KD two, and I'm going LeBron three. Now I'm a, a LBJ fan. I'm one of the uh, Bronze sexual, probably the president of the of the association. But at the end of the day, I'm a realist, and being a realist, like you said, Giannis has earned his stripes. When Kobe told him when he won the Most Improved Player, now go win the MVP, now go do this, and he followed the. If anybody has followed the Mamba mentality, right. it's been Giannis. Keep pushing, keep working hard coming from a, a, a third world country in Greece and doing what he's doing now in the NBA. Applaud him, his you gotta, family. You got to tip the cap. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, man. You know, hey, listen, the guys, it, it, he's, he's working towards GOAT status. But with that said, it is the 75th anniversary of the NBA. And we, we remember the 50 greatest players. So they're adding 25 players to the list. 
Now, I want Prince and Barty for us to give our, our 10 players, and we're going to agree on it. It's not going to be a side 10 players. You're going to pick five. I'm going to pick five. But let, let's give them what we think. Since that 50th anniversary, we're on the 75th anniversary as of this season, uh, you give five players and I give five players who you think that should go on this list for the next 25 great players of, of all time in the NBA history. Well, you got to go. Kobe wasn't on that. We got to go Kobe. Of course, Kobe's one. Kobe's the first one. Kobe, Kobe, is one. Kobe LeBron, KD, Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. That's four. And Giannis, I put Giannis in there. I, 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 that's, I think that's, I, that's your five. Yeah. That's your five. So you know we got to throw Timmy D. Tim Duncan was not on the list. Okay. So Tim, Tim Duncan is one. Uh, Dirk Nowinski. I would throw okay. Dirk Nowinski by far. He's on the list. Um, we, you didn't say D-Wade, right? No, D-Wade, yeah. D-Wade, D -Wade, so that's, that's, that's three right there. So we have two more to add to our list. Two more to add to our list. Um, hey, KG, Steve Nash? You know... I would definitely put the big ticket. I definitely put the big ticket on that he deserves to be there. But I wouldn't go Steve Nash, though. That's what feels. I know that sounds crazy. I wouldn't go Steve Nash. If, if it was me, I'm just being honest with you. I know this may sound crazy, but I'll, I'll throw I'll throw Sheet on there, man. Sheet Wallace. Well, that's and you know why? Players, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know that. But do you know why I'm going to go with Sheet? She doesn't get the love that he's just deserved as a big man. Remember now, she could shoot the three. She had a mean post game. And, and just remember this. Who was giving the Lakers the business in that finals? I mean, Mr. Big Shot won the MVP, but when they needed a big bucket, they threw it in the post to Sheen, and he hit that turnaround jump shot. So if it was me, I'm going with the gray, the gray spot in the back of his head with the, with, with, with the uh, headband. I'm going to go Sheen. I mean, 75 years of NBA, man, and I, you're a big-time basketball fan. Give me one memory, just one memory that, that jumps at you the most, your your most fondest memory of the NBA. It might sound crazy because I'm a Laker fan, but when Kobe got that one without Shaq, like, it was just like, like, I know what that is, just like, get that monkey, like, you rarely see a player be able to get that monkey off his back, like, oh, he only won because of Shaq, he only won because of this, so <clears throat> to see a perimeter player since Michael Jordan really dominate being the best player in the league, being the best player in his conference, being the best player on his team and win two championships the way he did. That's goosebumps for me just to actually do it to the point. Shaq was like, man, when Kobe won that, he was like, he felt the way like you couldn't even like, hate. like he was just like, damn, this nigga, he don't want it. So for me, I think that's just because I'm a Bean and Laker fan. That that memory just, I'm into people who, that's why we talk about Ali and all these people who lose and come back and take their crown. It's, some, it's something to be said about true champions to me. But that, it's probably that Bean moment. You know, it's crazy. Most people would think of my, my moment that jumps out to me would be Braun. But nah, actually, my moment is Wade. I don't know if you remember when D. Rose was at the peak of his game. He was at the peak of his game, and Shaq wasn't um, with the Miami Heat. And, and this is when D-Rose, right before D-Rose had that MVP season, him and the Bulls, they came to town in Miami, and they were up by maybe eight or seven points on the Heat. Wasn't that much time left, and Wade just went off. 
And last play of the game, um, the Bulls had the ball. They threw the ball in the Luau Dang. Way stripped Dang. It was literally like three seconds on the clock. He went almost the full quarter of the game, shot a three at the buzzer, and jumped up and started beating his chest. I know you remember that play. That, to me, was Jordan-esque, Kobe-esque. I will always say this. The closest thing in my mind to Michael Jordan, and I know this sounds crazy, but the closest thing in my mind to Michael Jordan is not even Kobe. It's the primetime Wade in Dallas. 37 points versus the Dallas Mavericks. That, and I'm not taking away from Bean. I'm telling you, career for career, it's Bean. But I'm saying that one season of just what uh, uh, Wade did versus Dallas to put Miami Heat on their back down 0-2, we haven't seen anybody play like that in the finals besides, and I'm not even a big Wade fan. I'm always LeBron, but the way Wade had his moment in time where he could have been if it wasn't for injuries. And so that's kind of where my head is right now. I, I mean, I could go LeBron scoring all the points on the Pistons. I can go what he did to Boston. But we knew we knew what LeBron was going to be. But Wade, where he came from Marquette to who he was, and him him being a, a top uh, 75 player, we know he's going to be on the list. That's the memory that jumps out to me. No, for sure. Like, I mean, I was blessed to be there in 06 at them games. Shout out to 103.5 to beat my dog, DJ Creep. We was DJing those uh, home games. So I got to see it in person, uh, D-Wade. So – which was ironic because I, I was watching D-Wade since Marquette. He always stood out to me, man, a slash. I'm like, yo, who is this guy? He gets into every crease of the floor doing a Euro step before they called it the Euro step. Like, who is this dude? And I remember one Memorial Day weekend, nobody knew who this man was. He was chilling in front of Wet Willies. I was like, yo, D-Wade. He was like, what up? I was like, bro, you gonna, you gonna do big things? He was like, all right, bro, I hope so. Just looking nervous and trying to take in Ocean Ave. Like, he, this dude from Chicago, you want Ocean with these beautiful females, Lambos. It was just cool to, to see him in that moment and to see what he became. So, shout out to D-Wade. But it's we can go on forever with these moments, man. But, but you know the crazy thing, and I'm going to let you move forward. Just think of it from this standpoint, too, real quick. Florida, Miami is a football town. It was Marino, and it went to Wade County. All because of them three years, you can say LeBron won the championship. Wade brought him here. Wade built that friendship with LeBron, and they won a championship. So, I mean, shout out to D-Wade, man. I mean, I think he doesn't get enough mentionings. And, 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 and you know, Bean always is going to be above him as far as two guard. But we know it's, it's Jordan, Bean, and, and then D-Wade, always. But speaking of Marino, man, talk to me. Because I know you got a real duo we talked about offline. Talk to me about Marino, man. You got a dope so, there. Yeah, so what if, man, here's a huge what if for me. We, we, we've we seen Dan Marino coming from Pittsburgh out of college. Just imagine if he wasn't drafted by the Miami Dolphins and he was drafted into the 49ers. So you put Bill Dan Marino in that Bill Walsh offense with John Taylor, with Roger Craig, and the great Jerry Rice. I mean, what do you see as a what if if, if Dan Marino ran the 49ers offense for Bill Walsh? And how many rings do you see him and that offense get? Bro, let's just say what it is. Outside of Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, certain people, Marino's up there as far as he can make every throw. They say Dan Marino and Elway was breaking people's fingers in practice. Think about that for a second. That sounds like mm -hmm. folklore. They were breaking grown men's fingers in practice with, with these 
bullets they're throwing, right? Dan Marino kids, if you don't know, man, go Google him, man. I think just because he got messed up with not winning, you know what I mean? It, it's sad how Marino, his legacy got tampered by not winning. But man, you put Dan Marino with Jerry Rice. That's like putting as great as Marvin Harrison is. That's like putting Peyton Manning with Jay Rice. Like what? Like what? Somebody who's seen every audible, seen every defense, out and ups. Like, come on, man. Like, it would be, and no disrespect to Joe Montana, man, one of the greats, but Joe Montana's not in Dan Marino's category. I might get hate for this. Shout out my boy Clay and Big 49ers fan. But as far as arm talent and what he was able to do with the football, it's not many of Dan Marino's. They can't even sit at Dan Marino's table. See, the only thing that Joe, Joe did better, he was more accurate. He was a more of an accurate passer. But when we think of ball placement, we think of strength and arm with uh, throwing the ball, standing at the 50-yard line and throwing it from end zone to end zone. But, but let, me, oh, let, let, me, let, let me just rebuttal that real quick. You could throw to Jerry Rice and John Taylor. If That's I'm true. Throwing, if I'm throwing to Mark Duper and Clayton, no, just, there was a legends, but... Yeah, Jerry Rice or Duper? You're going to look accurate too, Ace. Of, of course, of course. <laughs> and, and, I mean, but we, we also got to do this now. We're not going to poop on, on, on Joe because Joe did win. No, no, that's legend. But you won, know how we he feel about without Jerry. He won one without Jerry, and Jerry won one without him with Steve Young. For but, sure. I mean, you see what Jerry made for Steve Young's career as one of the most accurate. Before Aaron Rodgers, Steve Young was the most accurate quarterback of all time. And that's also because of Jerry Rice. So I, I definitely think that if you put Marino, uh, we already see Rice's records are not even being broken, but it would be even more of an inflated number for Jerry Rice as far as the numbers. And then also, in my opinion, I would give I would give Dan, I would definitely give Dan four rings. Easily four rings. Easy. With, with, with easy four rings with, with, with Jerry Rice and that offense. Because as innovative as that offense is, one thing we have to remember with that offense is that I'll say this, and people are going to get mad when I say this. We always give Tom Brady the GOAT, but I would love to see Tom Brady not in a West Coast offense. Every time we see him, he's in that dink and dunk West Coast-style offense. Dan Marino can throw any pass, any offense, any situation. Peyton Manning, any pass, any offense, any situation. John Elway, any pass, any offense, any situation. Joe Montana and Tom Brady, you can quote Joe Montana and Tom Brady are not in the arm strength of these quarterbacks. They're not, they have great ball placement, but you have to remember the West Coast offense made these guys great quarterback. And it's not a knock on Joe. Joe is a great quarterback, one of the greatest. But when we look at the Johnny Unitas, the 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 um Warren Moons, at how strong of an arm they had. They had a cannon, a rocket. Dan Marino had a rocket. And I mean, if, if I was picking my all-time favorite quarterbacks, Dan is up there. I mean, he's not number one. For me, it's always going to be John Elway because John Elway was the only Caucasian quarterback that can run the ball and, and run the ball. <laughs> so that's why I, I love John. But Dan Marino with, with Jerry Rice, easily four, maybe even five champions. Championship. I mean, Jerry Rice, obviously, we look at him as a GOAT. You know I'm a Moss guy, right? But look what Tom Brady no disrespect to Tom Brady, was able to do with Moss that one year. Breaking all kind of records. Do you imagine what Dan Marino would have done with Randy Moss? But remember this, the record that, that um, Moss broke, Jerry did that in 12 games. 
He caught 22 touchdowns. <laughs> it, was a, it was a strike on that season. That's the only reason why. Here's the thing. I love, okay, as hard to stop, it's more hard to stop Randy because his size and his speed. But just sheer will and route running, Jerry Rice was it, man. To get 20-something-odd touchdowns in 12 games, it's not even a conversation. He's a blueprint. He's a blueprint. For sure, man. But let's stay with some what-ifs, man. So we look at Aaron Donald. We look at Khalil Mack. We look at, like, what's my guy naming all the Redskins coming up? Uh, Chase Young. Chase Young. We got a lot of great defenders. Obviously, we've seen J.J. Watt and his prime and all these other players, right? How would somebody, like, I know you're a big LT guy, Lawrence Taylor, and I know the respect you have for Lawrence Taylor. How does the Lawrence Taylors, the great Bruce Smith, the great Reggie White, some of the greatest defenders the game has ever seen, how do they match up with today's, the today's beast, the old beast versus the new beast? How do they match up, in your opinion? Well, you know, we came up, me and you came up to be in probably one of the greatest eras of all time that we were able to see uh, Deion Sanders, um, the, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, all the great, great cornerbacks, the great uh, Charles Woodson, um, Darren Woodson, great, great players that's played in so many different eras. But when we look at the defensive line, you know, J.J. Watt is a beast. He is. Uh, uh, all these guys, Chase Young is a beast. Um, Chandler Jones, all these guys are beasts. But I still can't put them, the only person that I rank with them is Aaron Donald. And it's from this perspective. When you look at Reggie White, the fear that Reggie White put into a lot of people. Remember, before the Ravens team, that Eagles team of 82 was one of the greatest defenses we've ever seen of all times. We look at Bruce Smith. We look at Kevin Green. We look at Greg Lloyd. When we look at all these guys, I mean, you're a Giants fan. I mean, look at Lawrence Taylor and look at the NFL. They were breaking people, hurting people. Now we're in a situation where these guys have to hold up and they still get their sacks. Now, mind you, Aaron Donald is a stud of all studs. But when I look at these guys, you know, you got to remember the sack record is, is, what, 21 and a half by Michael Strahan. Now, think about who held that record and how long he held the record. Reggie White held that record. Reggie White is a, is, is a stud. I mean, Reggie White had the strength, he had the spin, he had all different moves on the line. You look at Bruce Smith and how many times he went to the Super Bowl, how many times he went to the AFC Championship game. Remember, we just talked about the Bills earlier in our segment, how great they were back then. So when I look at these guys, it's not a knock. I mean, it's the same way how you are with basketball. When you compare Bean to some of these guys now, yes, Bean and, and KD, KD's a more of an effective player as far as all the things he could do on the court. But Bean just had that drive that you just like, yo, this guy's still at the gym. Four hours, go get some sleep, come back four hours again. And that's what I see with these guys. These guys will play with broken bones. Nowadays, these guys... They fall on like twigs. They get hurt too quick. Some of these guys are playing with torn ligaments in their knees and still getting to the quarterback. You got to look at how great those Dallas teams were, and Reggie White still was getting to the quarterback. You have to look how great those Washington Redskins teams were, and Bruce Smith was still getting to the quarterback. Let's look at um, Lawrence Teller, LT. LT, he put fear into people, like literally fear. You feared him and how great he was at outside linebacker. The only person who really strikes fear into these guys. I mean, J.J. Watt, they was like, oh, he's a great defender, maybe as great as some of these guys, but you're only hearing it from the peers or the people in the NFL that it takes three or four people to stop Aaron Donald. 
that you have to game plan the whole game plan for Aaron Donald. And that's what they used to do for Reggie White. That's what they used to do for Bruce Smith and for, for, for Lawrence Taylor. So if we, we're just talking, and I'm not pushing these guys down. The defensive is great nowadays. You have great players, Jalen Ramsey. You have uh, Trayvon Diggs and what he's doing in Dallas. It's amazing that pick that he had on Carolina. But when we look at Dion, like, let's really look at these guys. You did not throw to this guy's side. You knew if you threw to his side. Basically, he's taking it for six. He's taking it for six. And that's the reason why when they created a shotgun and they put that 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 little running back there to block, that was for Lawrence Taylor. The left tackle and the running back, that's for LT. They're like, listen, we need an extra guy to block Lawrence Taylor because he's too much of a step. Monster. Monster. What else you got, man? I know you got some else. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's jump into this, this, this next uh, what if we got. So you you're wearing the great primetime defense uh, uh jersey. We just talked about Deion Sanders and Nowadays, you know, we talk in speed and the, and, and the speed of, of the game. So we look at the one of the three fastest people to ever play the game. So I, let's let's do this. What if? Imagine if Dion was playing against the Cheetah and Devin Hester in his prime. How do you see those matchups? Do you think Devin Hester in his prime? Because remember now, Dion never played Randy Moss. When Randy Moss burned. Dion, back in those days, he was older Moss. He was not 21 Moss in Dallas, 21 Moss in, in Atlanta. He was Moss in Baltimore. When oh, you mean Dion, 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 Dion was older, you're saying? He was older. He wasn't in his prime when he was playing yeah. against Moss. So now let's look at it. Primetime Dion guard, guarding the Cheetah. Primetime Dion guarding Hester. We can even throw Randy Moss in there. Them at their peak for peak speeds. Do you think that these guys could get an advantage on primetime? Yes or no? I don't think so. And, and let me tell you why I say that. Why Dion is the GOAT corner, Dion played, Dion's competition was the quarterback, not the receiver. So he's not worried about your route running. He know he studied his film. He knows where the ball is going to be placed. That's why Ed Reed's one of the GOATs. It's not about, I'm not going to jam you at the line. I don't got to play with you. I know I have enough speed and athleticism to move my hips to get to where you want to go. So I think Dion would figure Patrick Mahomes out like Floyd Mayweather figures people out in the second round. Oh, that's what you want to do? Cool. Shoulder roll. I think he dissect. I think people, people think about the cornerback position. It's more than just staying in front of a guy, batting the ball down. It's, it's a little more cerebral. That's why the guys like the Daryl Greens, the Anais Williams, like the Charles Woodson, like we talked about, these are next level guys. It's not like as great as Sherm was in his prime Legion of Boom, but it was a short time. But then you know who Daryl Revis is. Like that's, it's a different tier of corner, right? From now, now somebody might say I'm crazy. You look at Moss 6'4", runs a 4'2". So I could beat you to where you want to go. Now, if it's a jump ball, of course, Randy Moss is going to get it. He's 6'4", 6'5". We're talking a jump ball where both of us jumping in the air, 100%. You, you can't teach height. That's one of my coaches. All, you can't teach height. But when it comes to coverage, yo, Dion would literally give people 15 yards. This man is covering 15 yards. I'll, think about that for a minute. This man is literally baiting you sitting right here. And that quarterback would not throw the ball over there because it's a pick six. Well, the thing that you got to remember too is even if he did guard Randy, he would he would lean Randy to the strong side of the coverage. 
So he wouldn't just let Randy burn him to the point where he's going to give Randy the outside to go that deep. Sure. He'll push him towards his safety. If it was Merton Hanks, if it was Darren Woodson, where they'll both be able to stop him. Because if you ever notice anything, um, I'm big, big time Eagles fan. Bobby Taylor used to guard Randy Moss very great. Philly had a great job guarding him. Bobby Taylor will push him to Daryl Dawkins. I mean, not Daryl Dawkins, to, um, you know, Dawkins, Brian yes. Dawkins of the Brian, Eagles. Yeah. And he would be the one to stop the jump off. Now, what I will say is, is this. The only one guy who ever was able to lock the defensive code, and that was Jerry. And Jerry knew how to, they would have the greatest battle. It was, it's kind of like watching Kobe Prime versus Jordan in his prime in that all-star game, where Jordan would give him the shimmy, hit the jump shot, and then Kobe would come back and do what he did. So when you really look at the game uh, peak for peak, game buck for buck, there really wasn't anybody who can do volumes with Deion Sanders. And you got to realize, Deion at that time was 6'1", bro. <laughs> like, that was unheard of playing the corner position. Because people who are that tall can get low. They, they got bad hips, bad feet, bad takeoff. So you're talking about a guy 6'1", 200 pounds, flying yeah. up and down the field. Remember what program he came from, and that's your team. FSU, that program was great on cornerbacks. It was great teaching Bobby Bowden. That whole situation was a great teaching to show them how to play that position. I always say this. The best corners come from either uh, uh, Florida State or UM. That's just my opinion. Florida State or UM. And now we can say the best corners come from Alabama. But I say history of the game, FSU 1, UM 2. No, I agree. And to add on to that, too, you just made my point. Jerry Rice, the greatest route runner in history. So Tyreek Hill gets away with athleticism. I'm not, I'm not questioning his route running. But a lot of him and Mahomes hookups are broken plays. Mm -hmm. Patty's doing his Patty thing. And, and Tyree just get open. Kelsey yeah. gets open. We talking about where Dion's guarding Jerry Rice for a whole series. <laughs> like where Jerry's, he's, he's there. So Tyree, speed for speed, I'm with you. And remember, look at Dion error. Joey Galloway, 4-2. Let's talk your talk. If we're going to talk it, let's really talk. 4-2 Joey Galloway. Don't forget about the Ishmael brothers. Both of them. Both Ishmael of them were track brothers. Runners. They both were track runners. We're talking Tim Brown this prime. Yeah. So we're talking speed guys. We, so it's not, this is not a new thing where the guys now are fast and the guys from back then weren't fast. Daryl Green's on the 4-2 back in the days at corner. So... It was speedsters on both sides of the ball. But I feel like as far as coverage, it's funny. I had this poster when I was a kid. I don't want to mess the, the numbers up. It says three-fourths of the world is covered by water. The other percentage is covered by Deion Sanders. Let that, like, it, listen, in any sport, like, he's one of the best on-ball defenders. You got to bring Scotty. You got to bring certain players for me to think, like, Okay, he's out of the game. Game plan, if Deion's on him, Jalen Ramsey tries to do that, but he'll get beat here and there because I don't think Jalen Ramsey has the speed and athleticism. Mm -hmm. But I see, that's, that's, that's the only reason why when we have the GOAT conversation, I always give it to Jerry because Jerry was the only one to unlock that code. He was the only one. And, and to unlock that code was very hard because I remember – um, it was Elvis Gerback was a quarterback. They were playing Dallas, and Steve Young got hurt, and Gerback was so garbage. I mean, he just was garbage. And he threw the ball. Jerry did a slant, 
on 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 Dia. He did a slant, and he went and homeboy bit for the move, and he stayed on him. But as soon as Jerry caught the slant, he took off and ran at 82 yards. And so, I mean, for me, greatest things I've ever seen in football, Jerry Rice, uh, uh, Deion Sanders, Lawrence Taylor, and Barry Sanders. You can't you, – those those four guys, oh, if, yeah, they're, like, if they're on TV, more. if they're on TV, I'm going to watch them. Nah, for sure. Hold on, let me uh, – what else we got? Oh, let's talk. Let's talk Chicago Bulls, man. You know Chicago Bulls. They got DeRozan. They got Lonzo Ball. Who else? Who else they picked up? They got Zach Levine still there, and they still got the big man. Don't forget you know, they, they picked up uh, your boy from the Lakers too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Caruso. 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 So, do you think they're a playoff team? I'm not talking play. I'm not talking play in playoff team legitimately, are they going to be a one through seven uh, team? Of course. In the East, I definitely got them, of course. Of course? Remember, yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember the big they picked up from Orlando? They still have him as well, too. They, they're, they're built to make the playoffs. When I, If I'm picking my eight teams right now in the East, uh, I'm going to go next one. I'm going to go Bucks two. I'm going to go probably Boston Celtics with the acquisition of, of Schroeder uh, three. I'm going to go... Uh, Where's Philly? Philly goes down to five without Ben Simmons. Um, four, I probably would go Miami Heat. That's five. I'll go. I'll go. Um, Philadelphia 76ers. Six, I would go with. Um, I definitely would go Chicago. Maybe six or seven. Definitely go Chicago six or seven. From the standpoint, Zach Levine is there. Um, all the key acquisitions that they did this year, they're all flyers. It gives Zach Levine help that he needs on his team, and. With Chicago, the, the legacy of Michael Jordan and just, the, you know, these guys and what they're playing for. Derrick Rose was there at one point in time. I think that the Bulls would definitely be a playoff team. I know we got so many teams in the East that we could name. The Knicks was actually good last year. The so the Knicks, the Hawks as well. Of course, the Hawks will be there. But I got the Bulls as just, you got to remember this. You're only good as how many bullets you have in the gun. And so you look at, the Nets, they added a bullet to the gun with, with Millsap. Now, look at how many bullets that the, the, the Bulls have in their gun now. They have four key options on offense. Zach Levine, they have the big man. I mean, you, you have the other two players, the key acquisitions. I think both of these guys are going to take Chicago to another level. But I don't have them winning a, a great deal of games. Probably maybe getting at 44 and 38 or maybe 45 and 37. No, I agree. I think what scares me for them, what worries me is, obviously, Caruso, that's a great pickup as far as on the defensive side of the ball. You know what Lonzo could do. He got a lot to prove. He's a, he's a, Lonzo's an elite defender, elite defender. Um, Interior, they, they, they don't scare me. I think they're a little undersized, like with their bigs, because the big they have is an offensive player. You know what I mean? So I think defensively, Zach Levine hasn't taken that all the way step. I mean, he's he showed what he could do in the uh, Olympics. I think he's gonna come back. I, you know, if you notice, people playing the Olympics come back in ball. They win MVPs. Charles Barkley. We could go on forever with the whole. We got to do a segment on USA basketball in the following year. I want you to learn and, but not. Nah, I'm rooting for the Bulls. I mean, historic franchise was great at one point. We, you we, you would love to see the Knicks, the Bulls, the Celtics, Lakers, all these 
older teams kind of get back in the fold, man. I mean, it's definitely a good – I believe this year we'll definitely have Knicks, Bulls, and Celtics uh, in the playoffs. But, I mean, when we, when it's all said and done, it's going to be Brooklyn and Milwaukee. I mean, we, we obviously know that because those are the deepest teams that you have in the NBA. For sure, man. So what you got coming up, man? What's what's next? Well, you know, I'm heading, I'm heading to A. We, that's why we got on the A gear. I'm heading to the A, actually. I uh, got a couple of things. I'm going to the one uh, music fest that's supposed to be this weekend. So I'm going to definitely get down with the people down in that area. Well, I mean, other than that, man, I'm just relaxing this weekend, uh, hopefully to get off the snide in fantasy. I'm actually on a little uh, a losing streak in fantasy. I lost a couple in a row, but Uh-oh. yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, this is this is, is the, the belt in jeopardy. Uh, pretty much. I wouldn't even lie to you. It, it, I, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm be honest with you, man. The belt is in jeopardy. I've been doing a lot of different speaking engagements, so my mind has been off kilter. But I looked at my schedule. My next three games are actually easy opponents because one. Two of the cats I play, they got quarterbacks on by. One guy got two of his quarterbacks on by, so he's going to play me with no quarterback. So I think I can get off the snide within the next two weeks. If I get off the snide, I'll make the playoffs. But I'll be honest with you, I don't think I'm going to win it this year just from a standpoint of Cameron Jordan hasn't gotten a sack yet. Aaron Donald's moving slow with sacks. We'll see what he does uh, this week versus Seattle. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, my, my IDP players have been coming out slow this year. So we'll see what happens. That's what's up, man. I got some funny to tell you. So, CJ, my daughter, she accidentally ordered Space Jam on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so we uh we watched it. We we watched the first one, right? So she ordered it. So I was forced to to watch it. We still didn't finish it yet. But what stuck out to me is when you told me like LeBron is playing like a deadbeat dad in Space Jam. It's funny to me because Le- LeBron is always so political and wanting to be liked so much. It was weird to just see him like being a deadbeat dad. But you know, it's the crazy thing about that movie. <laughs> he, was the, he was the villain of the movie. If you really want to be typical, it wasn't the other guy. He was the villain because he was telling his son what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I that's all I got because I, I ain't finished it yet, man. But I'll, I'll give my full review when it's done. Well, listen, man, whatever you got to say, I already know you're going to like the first one better, but hey, it is what it is. I know you go to sleep with the uh, the, the new soundtrack every night. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, man, I've been I've been listening to that uh, certified lover boy and that Kanye. That's what oh, I've been listening to. You've been listening to Drake? Yeah, I listen to Drake. Drake? Wow. I, even though I prefer the Kanye album over the Drake, I think this is one of Drake's, I won't say this is his best project, Fair Trade was definitely a hot record, the one that he put out that everybody loves. But for the most part, I think Kanye got him as far as track for track and album. I liked it, the Kanye better. Yeah, I mean, Kanye is a genius. So musically, sonically, you don't know where he's going to go. The Drake album was a Drake album. It's a bunch of hit. I don't know. I feel like when you look at like J. Cole, you look at uh, Kendrick, these people, they take it to another level lyrically, like with Jay-Z, like, okay, what what flow is Hope gonna have next? Or what cadence is whoever gonna have to push a T, whoever the guy at the time is. I feel like Drake doesn't push the bar lyrically all the time. Because bro, you're the number one artist in the world. Why work harder than you have to? So I I get it, but I'm a lyric, I'm a super lyric, I'm a lyrical miracle guy. So I it don't matter what I think, but Salute to Drake, salute to Kanye. Most definitely. I mean, you got to remember, too, nowadays it's about your swag and your style more than anything. 
you know, and, and so it, it, the lyrics are not as. But Hope gave you both. Hope gave you everything. So that's yeah, why. But listen, listen, you know, you know how it is, man. Okay. You got to remember the the generation that we're in now that's running. They want everything quick and fast. You know, that's just how it is. Everything is right now. They don't give you that. That I mean, come on, man. We can sit down and hold will give you the keys to success on an album. Literally give you the keys to be successful. And all these other guys just give you the keys to get a girl's phone number. I mean, I think I learned that in high school. I mean, I don't think I need to hear that on a record. I want to hear how am I going to be Fortune 500. You know, you see that nowadays. You know, Rihanna unlocked that with her makeup uh, company. Uh, Hova unlocked that. Kanye unlocked that with his sneakers, being the richest MC in the game. And, you know, what he did with those Jesuses was just burgundy. But remember, who did he learn the method from? And so that's the problem. We don't have that now. Even though Drake is a is a is a brilliant businessman, but we don't have that. Everybody's teaching us how to get numbers or how to turn up. You know that new vodka to drink or that new champagne and doing all these new dances is what it is. Oh, I'm tripping. Before we get out of here, man, we got a mega, mega, mega fight this weekend. Wilder Fury, man. So I mean, I don't know if you've been watching like the, uh, the press conferences. It, it's comedy, man. Like. I just think it's interesting parallels, right? I feel like people who don't know about boxing, you cannot mm -hmm. box angry. That might sound weird. Like you go, I think people think boxers are in the ring very angry. If you're fighting angry, you wear yourself out. You're not focused on your game plan, right? So you got to go in there even kill. So you can see every punch, every combination coming to you, right? I feel like Deontay Wilder is too motivated for this fight. Meaning he wants it so bad because let's let's call it what it was, man. They made this a race fight. They made it a black and white fight. And I feel like the black community or minorities kind of looked at Wilder like, eh, you let us down or whatever. They can. And it shouldn't be no race thing. We're not pushing that at all. But I feel like he's coming back in that and his, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock him out. And on the other side, I think Fury is like, oh, this dude a joke. He can't throw no jab. He can't throw no box. No, no, uh, he can't box, rather. He's going to come in here with the same regular Degler stuff, and I'm going to get him up out of here. So I feel like Wilder's taking it too serious in, in, in a sense, and Fury's not taking it serious, serious enough, ironically. That's where I'm at, how I feel. You, you, Fury's already proven who he is as far as a fighter. And now Wilder has to pull, pull as far as that card to see who he is as a fighter. Because, of course, it's always been made into a race thing. That's just how fighting has been, you know? The, you know, we always feel like we're better in most sports than, than they are. When I look at it, I just seen that Fury's the better technical fighter. And that's the issue we have. You, it's not the days where Tyson can get away with being a hard hitter. And then even then, when Tyson went prime for prime with Lennox or Holyfield, the technical side always wins with fighting. I don't understand why we don't get Every this. time. It's not a street fight. It's not how hard you can hit. You have to be a technical fighter. Footwork, jab to keep the player off you, and then connect with the left or connect with the right. But you don't just go in and throw haymakers. Haymakers do not work. I mean, Mike Tyson's legacy went down because of hay them throwing haymakers. And so, unfortunately, that's why Fury's not taking him as seriously. Do I think Wilder can land that? If Wilder does land the punch, he can um, prove to the world that he's great again. 
But I just feel like technically, I, as long as I've been watching boxing, I've made so much money off of technical fighting. I remember when Lennox fought Tyson. I was in a room full of Tyson fans. And everybody bet me $50 a piece. I'm going to let you know, when I left Prince, I had like 60 jerseys because them dudes was just shot out that they wanted to bet me. I remember when he fought Holyfield and he bit his ear. I told everybody, Holyfield is going to win the fight. One thing that I've always respected about fighting is you have to be a technical fighter. I don't understand how we didn't learn that from the rumble in the jungle. When we learned that, Ali made it clear. I am a better technical fighter than Foreman. Foreman is not a better technical fighter. I'm going to hold him up. And when it's time, I'm going to take him out in the end. That jab will always keep you off from getting the punch that you want. I mean, we've seen 20 years of Floyd Mayweather. 20 years. Floyd Mayweather has fought people that, that can be our little nephew's age and beat them because they were a better technical fighter. So, I mean, when we look at it long term, you know, Fury does. I mean, Wilder does have more to prove. Uh, as far as letting the black community down, it's always been a black and white thing with fighting. That's just... Don King made a made a career off of that. And so we look at it from that standpoint. But when we look at it, I mean, listen, we've had Ali, we've had Tyson, we've had Floyd. So we've always been the dominant fighter. But now, I mean, it's, it's Fury's chance. And, and, and give him his give him his credit. He's the, the best. The Klitschko's had it before Fury. So shout out that to the, the Klitschko brother. Shout out to the Klitschko. Listen, that, that goes that fast back. You always know the GOAT gonna hit you with a fast back every episode. Y'all better go look at yeah, he got uh, with the Klitschko brothers. They both was bad, but For the sure. Klitschko brothers was bad. I mean, like usually I have like predictions. I mean, I really don't have any. I mean, I'm just going into this site like a fan. Just I don't I don't know what to expect. I mean, a man can tell you he's training hard, but you got to see the man in the ring to see if he was training hard. Like, it, you could, I could see all the, the B-roll of Deontay Wilder throwing the jab. I could see all the B-roll of, of Fury hitting the heavy bag, but we're going to see this weekend, man, on who's been putting in the work, who hasn't. Definitely, man. And, and of course, you know, when we come back, we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll bring in our fight correspondent in so he can let us know what he thought about the fight as well. Yes, sir. Shout out to Boston, man. We'll see him. We'll see him next week. All right, Most man. Definitely. Have a good one, bro. Good show. You too, my brother. You know, we, we rocking the A all week, man. Enough. We rocking the A all week. Yes, sir. Prince and Barty. Prince and Barty. You already know what it is, man. We out. All right. Prince and Barty is your number one source for all things sports. Now streaming on Spotify and iTunes. Prince and Barty will be doing live broadcast at several locations around the country. Follow and like all Prince and Barty's social media pages for exclusive details. There will be game tournaments, sport trivia, best fan contest, and cash giveaways all night. This can be your chance to win big. Prince and Barty in your lobby. And I'm falling just like Ronnie, just like Ronnie. Just like bloody, just like granny. That's our test. Damn, I'm the best. I do confess. Kobe number eight. That's on my chest. Jordan the great. Yeah, he the best. LeBron with the flex. And with the checks. Who gon' check me? Who gon' guard me? Bitch, I'm falling. Prince and body.